Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Porterfield. All right, trivia question. He was a fast kid from Florida who grew up racing the same local tracks as Carmichael, Stewart, and Ferry. Tim Ferry. Oh. Okay, keep going. He won a title at Loretta Lynn's in 95 and earned his pro license. Over his nine-year professional career, he scored more than 70 top 20 finishes in both Supercross, Motocross, and rode for several top teams, including Star Racing, Moto Triple X, Plano Honda. More importantly, he was able to earn a living racing dirt bikes as a professional. He walked away from racing in 2003, where he returned to Florida, and that's a hint, and made a clean break from the sport. Well, recently, our friends at RacerX caught up with him. Who is it? Tony Wink, you want to make a guess? Well, I was guessing Ferry, but you said he rode with Ferry. I don't know who it is. Who is it? First name, Paul. I can't think of a Time single motocrosser I knew who was named Paul. Paul Curry. Paul oh. Curry, yeah. That was a trick question hmm. because 2003, as you know, what you were doing in 2003, everybody got a little bit busy right about then, but that was our trivia question for the program. And we go back now. You got some uh, race results. Who wants to go first, Tony? Well, PJ and I were talking off air about uh, factory KTM rider Johan Zarka, who's uh, – I get he was contracted to be with KTM through Moto 20- GP team too, not just KTM, their top level part of their team. Yes, but he apparently uh, demanded to be released early because he and the rapidly improving KTM Moto GP uh, program don't play nicely together. Wow. Yeah, and his teammate has done very well, so. Uh, He's clearly not feeling the love, and best of luck to him from there. Also, uh, MotoGP refugee, serial crasher, and current <laughs> Ducati factory rider Alvaro Bautista, of course, is rumored to be jumping ship to the Honda World Superbike squad. Oh, wow. What do you think of that? This, this would open the door for uh, fellow MotoGP refugee and current British Superbike points leader, uh, Scott Redding on Ducati to jump to World Superbike to take Bautista's seat next year, which would be really sweet because Redding is already a, a, a BA mofo. Yep, absolutely. And I find it a little bit startling. Uh, Bautista had, uh, right now, Jonathan Ray's back on top, as we've discussed recently here on the program in World Superbike. But for the first couple months of this World Superbike season, Batista was unstoppable on that new Panigale four-cylinder motorcycle. Yes. And I cannot believe he wants to walk away from it. I'm sure there are a lot of zeros on the <laughs> Honda offer because a lot of guys have gone Honda, and I'm not going to slag on them. A lot of guys have not done anything on the Honda since they went there. The bike has arguably not improved. Honda keeps threatening uh through various press releases and lots of hype in the industry to really update their world's uh, to wor- update their top line uh, fireblade in the international market it continues to be the same motorcycle essentially with bold new graphics for a long long time now 
Um, Follow-up so, question. PJ can probably best answer this. When a guy like Batista decides to jump ship, yeah, there's going to be dollars and cents involved, right? But One would think. Does he get an opportunity to ride, either publicly or secretly, the bike that he projects out on? The future Honda, I don't know. Potentially, you know, World Superbike guy would be at the at the leading end. I would assume. It's of, a good question, Scott. I think of test riders for any so. future Hondas. It's just Honda's so big, and much like in the motocross world and every other place that Honda has their fingers in racing, uh, you you expect a lot from them, and when they continually don't deliver, you're kind of surprised. And in World Superbike. It's been enough years now. This is very surprising that they have not really gotten the ball rolling. MotoGP at Austria, Ducati's uh, Divisio, so kept Ducati's win streak alive at the Austrian track by once again outsmarting Honda's Mark Marquez with some last corner wizardry. Wizardry, did you see it? <laughs> yep, absolutely. And it, I mean, this happened last year a number of times, almost to a T. Yes, exactly what Divizioso did. He just had more than Marquez, and Marquez freely admits this, and he did last year in the same case. It's cool when they don't smash into each other because <laughs> it is literally a last-second, last-corner dive bomb that Marquez attempts to pull off, goes wide, Davizioso sees it coming, holds back, squares the corner off just like any good racer and uh, beats him to the line by just enough. Did it a number of times last year. uh it was great racing. It makes you nervous. It's why you want to watch racing. However, when guys do this on the last corner. However, Marquez still leads that handily. series by 11 million Hand points. Yep, and handily. He, it wasn't like he was too heartbroken. I mean, it's just whatever. You know what I mean? It's and like, how good he is to be able to do this kind of thing on the last corner of the last lap. You know, the only thing he can do that would hurt himself would be completely shoot himself in the foot, not get the 20 points that go with second place. Then you start making the season interesting. So the fact he's just an amazingly talented rider that he can do a dive bomb at the last corner. Yeah. Did we talk about Moto America at Sonoma? We did talk about it. I at least gave the results. Garrett Gerloff had a great weekend going 1-2. Elias uh, took second in the first, TNF in the second. But uh, much like Marquez, still has a pretty comfortable lead, although less so than when he got to uh, the California track. We didn't talk about Super Sports Series, uh, the 600 guys. Hayden Gillum takes the win in race in, one. In race one, absolutely, yep. followed by Fong and Jacobson in race two. Jacobson Fong were followed by Prince. Gillum was just outside the podium in fourth. That was some good racing, and we didn't touch on even bigger news for our uh, Pit Pass Racing faithful. Uh, our very own, uh, we are fanboys of him. Drake Beecham took a second place, a hard-fought second to uh, Mr. Dumas. But more importantly... The points lead. Points lead. Yes. He is one point ahead of Dumas currently with a few rounds left. So go get him, Drake. We are all pulling for you. The Drake is uh, in full effect. He started winning in Road America, and he has not backed off the gas at all since then. So they've got we've got, what, three races to go in the Twin Series, right? So I believe they yep. run at all those races yes yep, they do so the top three are separated by three points drake's got 108 alex has 107 and barney has 106 so that's uh former points leader michael barnes also didn't do himself any favors that weekend by having to retire due to his mechanical issues so um 
FYI, Drake is still sponsored by Billy Mallory, who's my attorney and my good friend, right out of Des Moines, right here. And that you guys, you guys brokered that deal, literally at the track while having. <laughs> was there tacos. drinking involved when you guys? There did was a this? lot of drinking yeah, okay. and homemade tacos. So. Homemade tacos by my good friend Quau Sandoval from yeah. Chicago. Uh. Uh, we were having quite the party, and yeah, next thing you know, Drake. Uh, Drake got a sponsorship, and Billy was kind enough to say, if you win tomorrow, we'll talk about more. And lo and behold, Drake went ahead and won the race. So <laughs> That's uh, so fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Whatever happened to our pickle guy, speaking of- uh, Oh, Mandingo Pickles. What Mandingo did happen to Big, Pickles. Big Nasty just fell off the face. I don't know where he's at. I don't know if he's slinging pickles still or, or what. They, he kind of went off the rails. I mean, they got into the Bloody Mary mix, and that ain't how I roll. I'm a pickle guy myself. So mm-hmm. um, I just wondered. We uh, we didn't talk about Peoria, which is this weekend, 73rd annual. The King Henry Wiles will not be throwing his leg over, wow. reportedly. Had a surgery um, from his, uh, his, his disappointing finish at the Black Hills Half Mile. Um, he's not going to race, man. It don't look like. I was talking to Chris Carr about it earlier today, and then I pulled up AmericanFlyTrack.com and who will reign in Wild's absence at the 73rd Peoria TT? I know, and it takes away... Well, I guess he could still beat Chris's overall, right? Because currently they're tied. Isn't that the story? They yeah, but... Currently I, tied, but it was consecutive. I think it's a giant disappointment for the fans. It, it oh, would huge. be for me if I was going, because I just wanted to go see... And he's not on his Kawasaki. I yeah, mean, it's, it's... He's on uh, an Indian. Yeah, it's it's like, can he do it? Is he... Jared, he clearly had Jared Meese covered when we went, and it was because... He had the better motorcycle. For that race, now, absolutely. I'm not saying you couldn't throw him on any motorcycle and do well. I'm not doubting King Henry. But, man, it stinks. And I think Briar, Briar's points later, I think, yeah. he has been since Daytona. We didn't talk about the Sacramento Mile either. Speaking of AFT, and I could, uh, I would touch on, in the singles class, Shane and Texture gave KTM the factory team, their first mile win in the lightweights class. She was followed by Rush and Avery in the twins class. Mies was back on top at the mile on his Indian, followed closely by Briar Bauman and Davis Fisher. Notably absent from the Sacramento Mile were all those road racers that have been running in that series because they were at uh, Sonoma. Roger but. Lee Hayden, uh, <laughs> who's been who's done a couple guest rides, and we've talked to him about it in the AFT Twins class, didn't make the main. Struggled a little bit with getting, uh, you know, getting comfortable on a mile. He'd been doing good at the half miles that he'd done. Uh, so hopefully Roger's able to bounce back in the next guest ride he does. So she she won on what? What was she riding? She rides for Factory KTM in the singles class on a 450. Yeah. KTM has had some wins, but not at a mile. What, this was a big deal for them to get their first mile victory in American Flat Track. What was she racing, and what did she win on at Knoxville for her first major? I don't remember. Do you remember was, that? Uh, that would have been a singles as well, and more than likely a Honda. I apologize I think to anybody, it was, but actually. I'm pretty sure it's a Honda that she rode until she was picked up by uh, You know, I wish there's very little parity between her her uh, her TT game and her, her circle track. I mean, she's so good. She's so good. The bigger so the good. track, the faster she yes. I mean, quite literally, the bigger the track, the higher the speeds, the faster Shana. She should go road racing is what really kind of what I are we also talking about? Okay. want to tell her all the time. 
What, what kind of speed are we thinking? She's uh, my crappy 03450 on a mile would do every bit of 105, so I can only imagine hers is going a lot hotter than that. 16, 107? No, uh, I think they're like one, one, 115, 120 whoa. sounds a lot more, believe me. Yeah, somewhere in that range with gearing, uh, I'm sure they're capable of 115. You know, and I, you'd think um, with the resources that KTM has, and maybe it's smoke and mirrors like a lot of teams, but I got to believe it isn't with KTM. I mean, they spend real money, mm. but it just seems like they would invest in that girl and, and get her her TT game. And she'll be the first to tell you she sucks at, at Peoria. And, she's, and when we've talked to her, she's making real strides, putting in some work, but I'm with you, Tony. She's fast enough everywhere else. Let's get her with a real deal everyday coach and really yeah. put the work in because, I mean, to me it would seem that's teachable. She's already got the hardest part, going 100-plus miles an hour sideways with your foot down. Yeah. It would seem the TT game would be the easier of the skills to learn. It's... But she doesn't like jumping. Yeah. Well, I do want to invite everybody to Davenport in on August 30th. And I'll tell you, on the 29th, 30th, and 31st is the Blackhawk Swap Me. And it's a vintage. It's the it's the it's one of the, if not the best, vintage. If you're going to see one of them, you're going to see a few of them, at least, at this place. It's amazing. Vintage Motorcycle Swap Me. It's at the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds in Davenport and uh, over in the Quad Cities. And uh, you guys, you you wouldn't believe the stuff you would see. You can't see it all in one day. And try to come on Thursday if you can, because a lot of stuff's picked through by Friday. But it is incredible the stuff you're going to see there. And then on Friday night, we've got the Davenport Vintage Flat Track, the half mile. We've got a ton of people. We give away the John Parham Lifetime Achievement Award there. Um, I know that uh, there's going to be a lot. David Jarrell's coming. Chris Carr's racing, Boltaco Astro class, and then we have the twins that race. We have uh, the board trackers, which is uh, early 1900s, Harley-Davidson. Some of them things are worth a few hundred thousand dollars. It's amazing. Not exaggerating that people are riding around, and it's really- Going shockingly fast on them. I was blown away by how fast they were going when fast. I was there. I don't even want to throw my leg over on, let alone go the speeds they're going on that half mile. And it's, it's a really cool show. I love the sound. It is a neat sound on those yeah. bikes, yeah. Yep. And, you know, really, realistically, when you look at the bikes, the first bikes that came out, I love the sound of those, too, because that was the sound of American and uh, and European ingenuity. That's before the Japanese had jumped into to building bikes. Mm-hmm. This is a time when everything was on display, and you could hear it and feel it and smell it. You know, what was the fellow that uh, went across on the Indian, across the United States? I brought the book in. We had the author on. Uh, what was that guy's name? Anyway, he went through, what, four back tires and only one front tire? Yeah, yeah. And, and that uh, Irwin Cannonball Baker. Is, man, you got a memory. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, are you going to be in Danpore with us? I will be. I'll be uh, making the ride from here uh, over and then from Davenport on. I'm hauling mine, brother. I'm going to haul my bike over, and then we're going to go. We're going to ride to Springfield. So if everybody wants to go, we're going to ride Saturday morning about 8 o'clock probably. We're going to leave the Davenport Speedway, the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds, and we're all going to make our ride over to the Springfield Mile. We're going to watch the mile on Saturday and then the mile on Sunday because it's a doubleheader. It's going to be a hoot. I understand from talking to them that Frank and Mike – uh, we'll be there. Frank Fritz, our buddy, 
And, of course, Mike uh, will be there. They're, they are true collectors. They sell in the pits, uh, in the show itself. And then, of course, uh, we always invite Frank to come over and make the presentation of uh, the John Parham Award. And do we know who's getting it this year? Or I do. is it a surprise? I do know who's getting it. And uh, we, I spoke with Mark from the museum, the National Museum, and uh, Jill Parham, John's wife, his widow, and um, we are. Uh, I'm very excited to make that announcement, but I'm not going to do it until that day. Wow! So you're going to have to stay tuned to listen to who does win for yet another year. I want to thank our guests: Ricky Russell, Josh Strang, Brad Jeraminski, Jake Johnson, and Chris Carr. In studio guest Jesse Guest. Thank you, Jesse. I hope you had a great time. Absolutely did. You heading back to the fair? Uh, yeah, we got to. Uh, <laughs> I cannot get back there fast enough. I love it. <laughs> got to close it down. For PJ Duran, for Jack and Leanne DeLeon, for Tony Wink, Eddie Kuhlenkamp, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy as well. I'm Scott Kesper. Thanks for listening. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.